Hey everyone, this is James Mackey and welcome to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. Join us as we cover high-level thought leadership and step-by-step guides on how to make people a competitive advantage for your organization. I'm incredibly proud to be the CEO of Secure Vision, the sponsor of this show and the number one contract recruiting, embedded recruiting, and RPO firm. A thank you to our partners, Greenhouse, the hiring operating system for people-first companies, and Gem, the all-in-one hiring solution recruiters love. Let's go! Hi, and welcome to episode four of Talent Acquisition Trends and Strategy. And today we are joined by Alan Rudolph. Alan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, James. Looking forward to it. Uh, we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So uh, just really look forward to the dialogue. Sure, absolutely. And before we jump into it, we would love to hear a little bit about you and what you're working on right now. Yeah, thanks, James. Again, Alan Rudolph, I'm a enterprise B2B SaaS executive have spent my entire career, as I like to say, around enterprise applications and really making an impact, uh, really two things, customers and employees. Because at the end of the day, we all know enterprise SaaS companies are all about what value we deliver to our customers. And we can't do that without our employees. Um, So it's just really important that we have programs in place that address, again, customers and employees. Sure. So I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about today and something that's also very dear to me is talking about the employee experience. And as an executive operator for B2B SaaS companies, I was hoping you could share some insight on maybe some of the, the biggest mistakes that you see companies make uh, when it comes to employee experience. Or I suppose like another way we could discuss it is maybe some of the highest leverage opportunities to improve employee experience, so we could start there high level, and then maybe get a little bit more into the tactical approach to how companies can start to implement change. Yeah, no, great, James. I mean, you know, I'll start with the mistake, right? And the mistake is not focusing. Um, the mistake is not clearly creating a journey for our employees, right? It, it, it's fascinating this world of customer success that enterprise SaaS B2B companies are so focused on that customer journey. Well, the analogous part of that customer journey is the employee. And so that's the that's what I see is from a mistake standpoint is is not focusing in on that. And when when we talk about the employee journey, it starts with the first reach out that we as a as a company make to a potential employee, right? It's so important when you make that first impression, whether it's a LinkedIn post, whether it's a recruiter making a phone call, whether it's a colleague trying to get somebody introduced to the company. It's so important that that first touch point that we're telling a consistent story about who we are, what we do, how we do it, what that journey is going to look like. Sure. And I think one of the tell signs is employees, when they join the organization, they should be saying, you know, wow, uh, everything that was sold to me in the interview process and the values. And uh, when we discuss these things in the interview process, it's it's very well aligned with my experience here as an employee. But what's interesting is that that's probably that probably happens the minority of the time, Yep. at least in, in my experience. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're seeing in talent acquisition right now is we are seeing candidates place a much bigger emphasis on uh, asking the questions. One, you know, how is this position, uh, excuse me. Yeah. How is this position and company going to integrate with my personal life? One and two, what type of experiences am I going to have working here? 
you know, they're, they're, they're looking beyond just saying, okay, what's my title going to be? How much money am I going to make? Right. And they're starting to figure out, you know, what's this going to do for my quality of life? Uh, and, and am I going to have fun? Am I going to enjoy myself? Do I feel like these people are aligned with my value system? And we're starting to see candidates place a much bigger emphasis uh, on those uh, on those topics. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, James, that, you know, I think it's, we all know that today we're living in the world of the great resignation. And rather than focus on the negative, let's focus on the positive, right? Let's create a great opportunity. Um, when you and I were preparing for this discussion, I, I referenced something called an employee value proposition, right? And or an employee journey. And it's just so important that we spell out to employees, again, coming back to the comment I just made, that first touch point, what life will look like with this company. And I think you said something that's really important, James, as, as we talk to prospect, you know, potential candidates, and then they become employees, and then we manage their journey with us is, what does that journey look like? How, how am I going to um, enhance my career? How am I going to learn about new technologies? How am I going to have fun? Right? We all know we're we're going through a, a challenge today in the in the workplace as we go from you know the past two years under the COVID era of 100% remote work to something that probably looks a little different than 100% remote work, but probably doesn't look like February of 20. Um, and and so again, it, it comes back to managing that journey with the employee making sure that we as a company are consistent. I'm going to go back to one of the other questions you asked me about mistakes. And one of the other comments I'm going to make here is because as, as we talk about the consistency, we need to ensure that all hiring managers are having the same types of discussions with their employees, with their candidates, right? That there's a consistent approach to how we address the opportunity that employees have as they join this company. And it's just so important that, um, again, we come back to that employee and, and customer uh, interaction or the dialogue or the opportunity to manage both. And I think world-class companies have clearly defined the journey for both, right? We know what we want our customers to do. We want our customers have a, to have a great value prop. We want our customers to clearly get value out of the solution that we're providing. We want the same journey for our employees. We want to make sure the employees continue to grow, to prosper, to get value out of that relationship with the employer. Yeah. And, and so what is that exactly? Like, what are the highest leverage opportunities to do so, right? Is it is it focusing on uh, professional progression, uh, transparent salary bands? Is it talking about, I mean, where, where do you start? Like, where do you think most organizations uh, should start when it comes to employee journey? I mean, post what, once the hire is kicked yep. across and the employee starts with the organization. I put in the broad category of employee development, right? So that's everything from, from the onboarding process, right? Making sure that employees understand who we are, what we do, how we do it, what 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 the value prop is that we talk to our customers about. So it, it starts with onboarding. Then it starts with career pathing, right? Mm -hmm. What does that journey look like? What happens in year one, in year five, in year 10? What's, what does the journey look like? Overall development for the employee, 
right? Which, which again, gets into that career pathing, but also training. And then I'm going to put in a broad category of, you know, we talk about fun, but, but more broadly, what's the, the social impact that we can make with our employees in the marketplace? What do we want to stand for, right? What, what How do we want to give back? How do we want to create opportunities for our employees to go above and beyond just the day-to-day grind of the job and make an impact on society. And I, and I use that word impact um, very, very specifically, right? Because every single employee as part of our company has an opportunity to make an impact. And again, now we get back to that whole package that we're talking about in terms of why will employees why can we retain employees now? Why will why will employees stay with us? It's that whole, it's taking all the components we just talked about and making sure that we're delivering that to our broader employee base, wherever they may be across the globe. Sure. Yeah. Now, and tenure is something that's uh, affecting a lot of companies right now. People are leaving faster than ever before. Um, so I've been having a lot of conversations about this lately. And companies are, are tackling this different ways, it seems. Uh, a lot of companies are focused on the finding ways of thinking about it in terms of how do we uh, keep employees around longer. And then there's also, I would say, some companies out there that are now focusing on how do we, you know, given that this is the trend and that people seem to be switching jobs faster than ever before, how can we accelerate onboarding and ramp time? in order to get value from our employees even faster so they can begin contributing yeah. uh, and making an impact. Uh, so I think it also comes down to really getting clear on, on the core requirements and core objectives of each role and, and helping uh, employees, uh, you know, actually start to add value sooner and mm-hmm. have a great onboarding experience. Not only does that impact employee experience, but it's also very good for a company, uh, yeah. for the company as well. So there's definitely a really strong alignment by focusing on the, the onboarding experience. Absolutely. It, I, I think at the end of the day, it comes back to, um, it, you know, just pick up those two words, employee experience. Um, and, and, and we want our employees to have that broad experience. We want them to add value and we want consistency. I'm going to keep coming back to mistakes. What mistake do we make? Different hiring managers present the experience differently. That's a problem, right? One of the things I've done in my past as an example is make sure we have a clear roadmap, make sure there's a clear journey as to who and how and what get executed through that journey. You know, the other point I'd make there in terms of the hiring process, James, is hiring managers know what they're looking for. When they write a job description, a position description, a job spec, they know what they're looking for. In today's marketplace, it's really critical where I've had the greatest success. When you find a great candidate, hire that candidate. Don't go look for four more candidates to compare to justify, oh, candidate A is the best, but I have to look for B, C, and D. That's, that is not a sign of a good hiring manager because hiring managers know what they wrote in the job spec. They know exactly what they need to be successful as they fill that job. And when they find it, when they find that person, go for it, right? Pull, pull the trigger. Because we know in today's marketplace, speed, execution, and focus 
are so critical for our companies to be successful. And that also does have a big impact on the candidate experience as well. Exactly. You know, somebody, if you have a great candidate and you get them to the final round, but then you wait another two weeks, three weeks before making an offer, just so you can see what else is out there. Uh, you're probably going to miss out. Right. And how's that make the candidate feel? Oh, mm-hmm. we love you, but we just want to make sure we really love you. So we're going to try to go find, you know, a couple more candidates just to prove the fact that we really love you. When again, if I'm a hiring manager, I know what I need. And that's yeah. where I think hiring managers have an opportunity to be that much more successful by executing on what I just talked about. Right. And and it comes down to just having those clear role requirements and, and really knowing what you're looking for. Um, and again, that's that's you know one of the other things, the shifts that we are seeing too, and I'm curious to see if you, you've seen this as well, is we're starting to see companies more and more accept the fact that they're probably not going to find candidates that meet 95% of the criteria they're looking for. Um, you know, they're, they're starting to get more comfortable with the idea of, okay, you know, how can I find candidates that might be, you know, a 70, 80% fit? And then how through our onboarding and training and enablement, can we get them ramped up on that additional 20, 30%? You know, James, I think it comes back to what are the requirements of the job, right? Make sure that the job spec is written in terms of what the real requirements are. Don't ask for the, you know, don't ask for the world, right? We know that there are really core criteria that we're looking for as we write that job spec, as we evaluate candidates, focus in on three to five, right? What are the most important characteristics I'm looking for? And sure, then there's some nice to haves. Um, but again, they're nice to haves. So if I find the candidate that meets, let's call it 10, that'd be great. But at the end of the day, there's probably three to five really core characteristics of that new hire that I need to ensure that person is capable of, that I can test that person on it, that 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 person meets all the requirements of the job and then go. Sure. And I, I think also that that philosophy toward hiring enables companies to hire, um, truly hire top talent, like the best people out there. Because if you think about a lot of eight players, particularly people that are up and coming in their career, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want the job that they've done 100% of before. Right. Right. Like we all, anyone who wants to push themselves, they want to do something new, right? They want to build on their experience, but they they want to be able to test themselves and push beyond their comfort zone, right? At yep. least the, the people that are going to truly build and scale organizations and, and scale outcomes, right? So it, it, comes, it comes back to learning, James, right? We. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want those, again, broad technology companies. I sit in the world of enterprise software. We want employees that want to continue learning, that want to figure out what the disruptive technology is tomorrow, that, that want to figure out how do I make this solution better tomorrow. We don't we don't want an employee that just, you know, does A, does B, does C. We want that outside of the box thinking. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, so that's that's where maybe in some organizations there's a discrepancy because I think some executive leaders, they're looking for talent that has 100% done the job before, but then the best people out there that are uh, maybe even even if they're just passively looking for roles, they're looking to take their career to the next level and do something new. Yeah. And so particularly in this market, when everybody's stretched thin for for top talent and every, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult market to hire in, I think we're seeing that you know there needs to be 
uh, better alignment between employers and em- employees in terms of creating um, uh, exciting opportunities, right? And yeah. so that's where we're starting to see the at least the companies that are hiring more successfully, they're starting to say, okay, we're going to get this candidate that maybe has done 70% of this job before the core requirements, the things that really take years to develop. Let's get, you know, sure, we want them to have that core skill set. Mm-hmm. We're going to provide them with the training and enablement to learn the additional 20 to 30% of the role. That creates a better candidate experience. Yep. They're probably going to stay with us longer because they have more room to grow within the organization. And two, they're still kind of in a place where they're punching up, they're, they're, they're taking on more, they're proving to themselves in the organization that they can, in fact, step in, up into that role. And that usually, uh, at least from what I've seen working with a lot of growth stage tech companies, that, that usually is kind of the formula for a strong hire, right? Um, somebody who has a strong foundation, but is still kind of pushing up and trying to take on more uh, and, and generate results that are beyond what they have in the past. And I, I would argue that what you just said, James, goes throughout the career, right? For yeah. top performers, right? Because we never stop learning, right? We we know we're living in a world where technology is changing so fast around us. The business requirements, I mean, just again, go back to March of 20 and, you know, the way the world changed because of COVID and we all had to adapt and adjust our environments. So think about, you know, the, as, as a solution provider, to, to customers, we're constantly adapting. We want employees that are going to adapt. We want employees that are going to challenge what we do and how we do it. So, so I would apply everything you just said. I, I don't care if it's a, you know, a rookie or you know, some uh, somebody fresh out of college or a thirty-year veteran, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to create that diverse employee base that the learning process continues throughout people's careers. So I have one one question for you. I don't know if you've heard this uh, a lot out there in the market right now, but there are a lot of hiring managers and employers that are currently saying something to the effect of, right now it's a candidate-driven market, but candidate-driven markets never last. So we're not going to invest in all of these changes right now. We're not going to invest in candidate experience or employee experience because it's only a matter of time before the market shifts back. How, how do you respond to people that are, that have that kind of philosophy and mindset. I mean, how do you, what are your thoughts on that? I move on. I mean, cause I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, regardless of the type of market is I've been in companies where we're hiring. I've been in companies where we're reducing at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the talent are our assets, right? The people are our assets. And we want to ensure that we have all the programs that we've been talking about through this journey together, James, we want to have all those programs in place, regardless of the type of market we're in. Sure. And one of the things that I always say, too, is it's like, uh, well, right, but top talent always has the most options. The best people are always going to have, it doesn't matter what the current marketing conditions are, right. the best people are always going to have options in the market, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, Alan, this has been a ton of fun. We're, we're coming up on, on time here. Uh, we probably keep talking for the next hour or so. It's been, been great, but um, I just want to say thank you for coming on today. James, thank you. This is obviously a topic that I have a lot of passion and commitment about. Um, again, I'm, as an executive leader within enterprise SaaS companies, it's just so critical that we that we hire great talent, that we nurture the talent, that we challenge the talent um, and just build great, great teams of people and, and coach them along to their journey.
I agree. And Alan, just so our listeners know, how can they find you if they if they want to uh, engage with you on maybe LinkedIn or elsewhere? Sure. I'm, you know, I'm under on LinkedIn under Alan D. Rudolph. Um, you can find my email, uh, Alan D. Rudolph at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, just reach out. Love to continue talking about these topics. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Alan. And for everybody tuning in, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks, James. Thank you for tuning in to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and gained a lot of valuable insights to help guide your talent strategy. I also want to say thank you to my team at Secure Vision for making the show possible. Secure Vision is the number one embedded recruitment provider, and we are a three-time category leader on G2. Secure Vision partners with over 150 companies to provide on-demand recruiters who specialize in either tech, revenue, or GNA. For more information, you can visit securevision.io. For more content, you can follow me on LinkedIn at James Mackey or on Twitter at James Mackey DMV. We've dropped links in the description. If you want to be on our show or have any topics you'd like for us to cover, reach out at breakthroughhiring.io. We really appreciate your support with reviews on Apple Podcasts. And lastly, make sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for a new episode. See you next time.